So uh, nothing, nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. (laughs) Everything is is going to happen. I think nothing is going to get announced. There's there are no more products. Sorry. Shut it down Mm -hmm. and give the money back to the investors. Michael Dell is finally right on a long enough time frame. Did you see that that Apple uh, is canceling its major events, specifically lectures at various Apple stores? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, uh, no, it canceled a bunch of the stuff at the Apple stores. It has been, I gather, they're making or encouraging people to work at home, which is a new thing for Apple, which likes everybody yeah. to come in all the time. Uh, there was an employee who tested positive for coronavirus well, in their cork in, in their cork office. Yeah. Uh, and so they closed that down and cleaned it out. And there is the Santa Clara County, which has basically said they're canceling any events that are a thousand people or more, although it applies through it's three weeks starting tomorrow. So doesn't run directly into when WWC would be, but still doesn't seem great. No, no. And Dan, do you have anything to tell me about um, any upcoming events that you're not going to? <laughs> uh, well, I really wish I hadn't told you I was going to any of them. <laughs> Simplify matters a lot. Because you're not. That's right. As it turns out, I'm you're not, not going, going to Emerald anywhere. Comic Con. Yeah. See how many events that were on my calendar this year were ju- are just not going to happen. Like yeah. this may be the year I go nowhere. And honestly, I'm. It's I totally understand. Office is closing. My office is currently closed. Um, I'm with everybody working from home, and I don't actually care about the office itself because I can be pretty protective. It's the commuting there that's the problem. Protective or productive? Oh yeah, both. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just don't want to get on a New Jersey transit bus. I never want to get on a New Jersey, but especially now, I don't want to get on a New Jersey transit bus with fifty-five mm-hmm. other people. I was going to say, do you want not want to do not want to go to the Port Authority where the head of the Port Authority also has coronavirus? <laughs> I could try to quantify for you the number of people who sent me links about the head of the Port Authority. <laughs> I thought about <laughs> I'm it. Like, I don't think he takes it. I don't think he travels through there very often. <laughs> well, the good news is the podcast business is booming when we all just stay at home and record our podcasts. <laughs> Actually, you want to know? You want to know the truth? listening is affected because there's fewer people commuting commuting yeah but oh. they'll, but they'll all be stuck at home and i feel like they need to get away from their families right this, so i literally said almost exactly that earlier today because i pointed out <laughs> I, I was worried that maybe limp- listening could get dampened and i had our data guy check and in italy there is a crater right now in listening not like a, a giant drop but like you can see the the coronavirus quarantine drop but i said listen at some point you get sick of talking to your family you put on headphones and that's when it'll bounce back up again and maybe even increase but we'll get there but yeah, it does affect listening right now because there's less commuting. It also heals pollution. Like the earth is basically just course correcting as far as I can tell. Uh, <laughs> you force people to quarantine. Now it's you can ki- cut back on And it's killing the older people. I wasn't going to say it, but it's also doing that. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just saying Mother Earth knows what's up. <laughs> well, uh, maybe we should talk about something cheerier. How yeah. much is Dan going to edit out of what we just said? That's the probably all of it. Uh, you know, I mean, it wasn't, you know, it's just sort of generalized. So... You were calling out specific old people to get killed. So. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say yeah, anyone. It's not, it's not slanderous is what I'm saying. <laughs> or threatening, I suppose. iOS 14 is not out, but apparently a shit ton of the stuff in there is potentially leaked. Yeah, There was a lot. Both Mac Rumors and 9to5Mac had several stories in the last couple days with... Uh, reported features of iOS 14 and uh, also watchOS 7. Before we go deep, I, I respect both of them for what they're doing. I really want to know who leaked it and who leaked it to both and how they're getting it. 
but I want to say shame on you, nine to five Mac, nine to five Apple, nine to five Mac, nine to five Mac, Mac for uh, having the title tag on their webpage be like nine to five Mac, a great source for Mac rumors. <laughs> like that's a little bit shameless to me. I saw it today on Google, and I think you should do well, better. Well, Mac all. rumors is working nine to five to bring you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to bring you Mac to bring rumors. you Mac rumors. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I heard that uh, that the build that has been seen was from December. Um, is something I heard somewhere, and now I'd have to. I don't have the uh, thing in front of me to back that up, but that is what I had heard. And obviously, there are huge asterisks next to all of this. I have no reason to believe that what they have seen is not accurate, but it doesn't mean that it will necessarily surface, right? Like, there's lots right, of stuff right. that's been uncovered in the last yeah. year. Well, there's there's stuff that's announced at WWDC that doesn't ship. Exactly. and there, But there was stuff that, like, people uncovered last year that's still, like, the AirTags thing, which there's more about in yeah. here, still hasn't shown up, even though this stuff was in the OS, right? And, like, you could feel pretty confident that there was something being developed. Among the interesting things I've seen, uh, a option for a list view of all your apps on your home yeah. screen. That it's basically is the Apple Watch home. Yeah, screen. exactly. I I can't I can't really envision exactly what that looks like because the idea of just a list view of all those seems really ugly. <laughs> so what I cared about from that was not the list itself, but the fact that the list is sortable. Yeah, because it's still a pain in the ass to find specific apps know yeah. which home screen they're on or d- delete the ones that you don't like you can delete from the update screen which is tucked away but i like the list for that like finding which apps i don't need so i can stop updating them mm-hmm. yep no agreed um they also it will have a siri suggest feature kind of like the spotlight which will like i guess probably pop up the apps that you'd be most likely to use uh based on location or time of day or stuff like that um yeah all right interesting uh, the other one of the other big things uh, that's been making the rounds, and of course this has been a huge topic over the last several months, is cursor support in iPad OS, uh, which has you know there's the assistive touch feature which's been there in there for uh, since iOS 13. Um, there's a lot of rumors about new keyboards potentially with trackpads showing up sometime perhaps as early as March, um, but this makes mm-hmm. it sound like the iOS 14 is going to roll in essentially like real honest to goodness mac level trackpad support or pointing support which is kind of bananas but the more i think about it makes a lot of sense based on the direction they're going with trying to get unified apps uh on both sides right because if you are going to build an app and you want to deploy it on both the ipad and the mac you're going to need support you're going to need to have it work with a cursor anyway so at that point if you've built your app to support the mac uh, and design yeah why not have yeah. yeah and so I, i'm fascinated by this because it does feel like the ipad is inching closer and closer to being a mac <laughs> but is still kind of its own thing so yeah i don't know you guys is like pointing cursor support on the ipad something that you guys have wanted or have ever really thought about i certainly thought about it i don't i, I can't say that i want it at this point that i that i think about it like that i think that that's something that um you know, the thing that when switching back and forth between the two devices, the thing that actually bothers me the most, and I'm not really someone who thinks that they should go in this direction necessarily, but it's it's the temptation to touch the screen on my Mac is the biggest I, thing. I, I want to do that as much as I want to touch my face during this outbreak. <laughs> yeah, see, well, you're, yeah. <laughs> I just have my hands on my face the whole time. Yeah, if you go back and forth between like an iPad and a Mac, 
especially an iPad and a keyboard case, really any iPad, you will t- try to touch your Mac screen. No yeah. question. Although, although actually, now that I think about it, I did like a couple of, a few weeks ago, I was using the keyboard. Um, uh, like I had left my Mac upstairs and I was like eating lunch and I thought, oh, I'll just, you know, like read news or whatever and do um, some texting and stuff on my iPad. And as I was doing it with the keyboard, I reached down at some point to, to get the the trackpad and it was obviously not there <laughs> so I, well definitely don't touch your ipad then touch your face then touch your mac because that's <laughs> touched, right out so i touched my that's face right to my out. ipad <laughs> the uh you know a guy actually i was working in the coffee shop yesterday morning on my ipad and i've taken to doing that more since my laptop battery is dying although now my ipad pro battery is not doing much better uh but a guy asked me from a couple tables really like oh hey how do you like using the ipad like do you like what do you use it for how much do you use it and like you know we talked to him for a couple minutes about it uh and I did, did he yeah. identify you as the rebounds Dan Morin? Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I wore I wore a hat. It says, "Look at this guy. Um, <laughs> make this guy great again." Uh, <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> uh, no, but I, it made me think a lot more. Like I've gotten very comfortable with like t- typing on the keyboard and then like using the touch screen to move stuff. Like I feel like it's not as natural as the trackpad, but I've definitely become very accustomed to it. Uh, mm-hmm. So it doesn't bother me as much as it used to, but I agree that like switching back to a Mac, I don't actually touch the screen, but I've definitely gotten that position where I felt like I feel my hand moving <laughs> and I yes. sort of arrest that, yeah. it and I'm like, right. nope, that's right. not a touch screen. And uh, it's really weird because for years I have been like anytime my, my wife and my son are both like screen touchers, which drives me bananas. And yes. anytime I'm showing them something on my laptop, they'll like actually put their fingers on the screen and I'm like, get your greasy fingers off my laptop. 100% with you on this, yes. So it's like, it's not like something that I would think that I would want, It's but it is a reflex reaction. <laughs> I also found it interesting in the, the iOS 14 rumor mill that there, it looks like both for assistive purposes and I imagine for other things that they're adding um, the ability to listen for certain kinds of sounds around you. Right. Um, like my echo, the echo already do. integrates yeah. with my burglar alarm and it can listen for glass breaks. It can also listen for your alarms going off. So if you're not home and an alarm is going off or like a fire, yeah. even like a smoke alarm or a fire alarm. Right. Yeah. And it's not connected to your phone already. Like the echo can alert you and say, Hey, I'm hearing a smoke alarm or a fire alarm or whatever, go, or a carbon monoxide detector go off at home. Um, and the, the rumor mill was stating that iOS 14 was going to include detecting those kinds of sounds and mm-hmm. also babies crying and stuff, which would in theory right. be for somebody who's hard of hearing to notify them, hey, this yeah. is happening. That's, that's very clever with the sort of hearing, uh, linking into the hearing aids and stuff. Like I've played around with that stuff a little bit in um, my parents because they both have hearing aids and they use iPhones. And I, I, it's still weird because medical technologies integrations are sometimes, you know, kind of wonky depending on like is this the like cutting edge version of this hardware or is this just sort of like an older version that like so they have like apps on their phones that let them adjust say like the mix between ambient noise and then more directed listening for like listening to a certain person um yeah but like it's not it's that's like above and beyond i think some of the system level stuff and not all the system level stuff is reflected but i think that adding that sort of capability makes makes a lot of sense and like i said the echo already does it so no reason apple can't figure a way to do that as well um there were uh the possibility of a new apple tv remote which i think everybody is very excited about (laughs) no idea what it looks like but there's mention of it (laughs) it has no buttons it's a perfect circle (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's a sphere um permanent let's see permanent audio output for apple tv stream boxes so you could basically always have it 
output to say your home pods or airplay speakers um some there's a, also I, I don't know if this is part of ios 14 but there was a rumor about uh allowing third parties to develop siri voices yes customized uh like voice yeah. synthesizers yes that was right. a thing um I that, that i think i would be very interested in that yeah i'm curious to know how that standard voices and and then you know like you were able to do with garmin and all these other ones where they were very clever in the voices that they get i mean i think the darth vader stuff and i mean that was that's fun i mean it would be awesome if you would be able to do something like that yeah there's a the both google and amazon have those for their respective smart speakers there was a john legend one for google i think and there was a there, I think there's the a samuel, samuel jackson. jackson yeah there's samuel jackson one for the Echo but you have to pay for that voice i mean it's like a dollar yeah well that's <laughs> i think you would have to yeah samuel jackson jackson has to get paid yeah Lex, so he's but like it's it's interesting that one because you generally have to invoke it like separately from the default voice you have to say like ask sam or something or other oh. yeah I, I think it's because it's not built that's in dumb. <laughs> no, I saw that they were actually saying that instead of calling it uh, Alexa, you would just say, hey, Siri, or OK, Google, and then it would answer. <laughs> I'm just trying to trigger everybody's speakers, that's all. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a jerk. Yep. I wanted to mention one of the other things I saw that I thought was really interesting. Um, the suggestion that finally they added uh, OCR handwriting support for the Apple Pencil, that you would basically be able to write with the Apple Pencil in any text field and have it turned into text which is hmm. something that like that used to be way back when that was a mac os thing they had the yeah. ink uh and you could do that on graphics tablets but it never mm -hmm. made the jump and obviously like it was on the the newton too way back right. uh yeah. but it never made the jump to the uh touchscreen devices which always struck me as very very puzzling because it's like well you've got like a giant touchscreen now and now you've got like a writing implement <laughs> Yeah. Why? Why isn't there handwriting support? And it can and it can recognize the handwriting because it does that in search. It does uh, search notes. in notes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that sounds interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I use a variety of third party apps for that exact purpose. And if third party apps can do it well, then I'm sure Apple can do it well. Right. It's, uh, exactly. It's a solvable problem. Um, there were some messages features that they were adding, like the ability to potentially retract messages. Yep. Need that. <laughs> uh also uh doing the slack like uh at you know like at lex in a chat that would do like a notification specifically mm -hmm. for that person i didn't see this part did they talk about um typing notifications in group chats i would find that very helpful i did not see that meant oh yes typing indicators in group chats yes well, it is it's literally right there uh the ability to mark the last message of a conversation is unread after opening it and I love that. slash me support on, on ios which has been on the mac version of messages forever if they're going to support that then i also want them to support slash giphy yeah it's about slash, just make it <laughs> yeah. Slack. Yeah. slash shrug slash giphy uh <laughs> put it all in there guys man these i mean they potentially sound like quite big updates although the question now becomes there was another thing I saw somewhere that suggested essentially they are providing a more granular framework for some of these abilities, letting them be switched off in development mode. So if it turns out like we can't get to this feature, they could essentially be internally deactivated. So there's an open question of how much of this stuff actually surfaces in iOS 14. Uh, and that's been a question because obviously iOS 13 was a hot, hot mess. And they overextended themselves, it seemed like. So with all this stuff in development, 
can they actually do all these things? <laughs> Especially <laughs> in this environment when you are probably still, even with people working remotely, like there's probably some productivity slowdown for some stuff because, you know, like, I don't know what the code situation, like, I don't know how much work they can do remotely. seems like software would be easier. I mean, like, you know, does, obviously, like, you know, obviously when you're putting together a phone, right, that's right, going to be a problem. You can't do for that from home. But um, even, but, even though you can code from home, I don't know what like their security setup is for yeah, terms of like checking no, out code. Right. Like, right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I imagine that there's some robust VPN support so people can do it, especially now. Like it's the kind of thing where they could prevent it, but also could allow it if they needed to when they have yeah. people working from home i don't think that they're going to let this slow them down on the software side yeah well they got plenty of other stuff that they seem to be dealing with there anyways yeah they don't need they don't need that problem <laughs> i saw a mention of sleep tracking on the watch that was an option <laughs> anyways i <laughs> this <is> so, wow <laughs> hold on i'm getting a message <laughs> Okay. I'm hearing in my earpiece. Something's coming through my earpiece right now. <laughs> coming in from the studio. Uh, you know what's surprising is that there's no support in this for new peripherals that you might want to get for yourself. Isn't that disappointing? Nailed it. Perfect it segue. Uh, this episode of The Rebound is brought to you by Kensington, the people who make universal docking stations that are designed to increase productivity. It's so easy to use, you can get access to more ports and make your sleek MacBook, Chromebook, or other laptop as powerful as a desktop. It's plug-and-play with no drivers, so you can enjoy up to dual 4K display with HDMI and DisplayLink video connectors, plus USB 3.0, USB-C, and Thunderbolt 3 with power delivery available. The Kensington engineering team has three decades of experience in high-volume manufacturing of hardware IT products, plus rigorous test cycles and quality control means all of their products are tested above industry standards. If you're an IT decision maker looking to find the right docking solutions for your organization, check Kensington's Pro Concierge program and test drive a docking solution today. You can take it out on the highway, get it up to 50 miles per hour, see how it goes. Visit kensington.com slash rebound right now to check out Kensington. That's kensington.com slash rebound to learn more. Our thanks to Kensington for their support of The Rebound. Are you happy now, well Lex? And pretty, I'm much happier than I have. <laughs> and no, no comment about how, how long they've been around? <laughs> uh, they've been around, God, so long. It goes back really. 0.5 molses. <laughs> <laughs> Seems low. Seems low. I, you know, I had a moment this weekend, guys, I want to tell you, where I almost bought, I literally, and when I say almost bought, I mean, had in my Amazon cart and just sort of sat there thinking about it <laughs> for a solid 10 minutes. Doesn't get any closer than that. It's pretty damn close. Uh, I almost bought a new router. And I'm really going back and forward, forth on this because I feel like nobody makes the product that I, I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... I feel like the product I want is not that complicated because it's essentially a new airport, but that's yeah, right. not going to happen. Um, and so basically I'd been talking to some people over in the six colors subscriber slack about like, what, what do people recommend? Like, what do people like? And I, I basically ended up down to like one of two things. One is Synology actually makes a router uh, that's fairly well respected. It's on the wire cutter reviews and it has like, you know, a built in switch and all that stuff. Great. That sounds pretty well, but it's 200 bucks and it's, it's like so many of the other routers. It's just fucking ugly, right? It's like a black box with like 17 antennas on it. And so I thought about that for a while. And then I was also waffling between that. And there is a, you can buy an Eero that's like a hundred bucks, but it only has two ethernet ports. And one of those is going to have to be my cable modem, obviously. And the other one I have like, I have to plug in the Synology to ethernet. I have to plug in my Philips Hue bridge to ethernet. 
and I really want to plug in my Xbox to Ethernet because it's it's much better connection. It's like, well, now I need well, a switch. Right, and, but you can get a really good switch. It's for not very the, cheap. It's not the price. I don't want two fucking more boxes in there. <laughs> I'm just annoyed by it because what I'm really running out of is like is plugs on my on my power strip. <laughs> Like, I am right at the edge of all the plugs I can fit in there. And it's a fucking rat's nest back there, too. Uh, and so I just kind of debatable. And also because, like, I, I have a natural antipathy to spending money on things when the thing I have is, like, technically working fine. Technically. Like, it's a little annoying sometimes. Sometimes I feel like I have to restart it. But it's really fine for the most part. Why should I go out and spend 100 bucks on a new thing? Is that going to bring me joy? Is it going to make me feel better about myself, people? No, seriously, that was not a rhetorical question, is it? Is it going to make me feel better about it? <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you're looking for this right now because I had um, more than one friend uh, reach out to me for router advice because they were saying, I expect I'm going to be quarantined. I'm, like that the, the governments are going to suggest everybody work from home for X weeks or that the kids are going to be home from school. And I don't feel like my home Wi-Fi situation is up to the task of my kids <laughs> doing like telecommuting learning while I'm doing teleworking. I had multiple friends locally ask about this. And so I was giving advice i always recommend the Eero because it works and it's easy to set up and i like amazon knowing every website i visit but, uh... <laughs> it, it is highly recommended in, in a lot of places including by people you know and everybody puts it with a grain of salt that amazon owns it now so far they have not done anything you know materially as far as i've been able to tell it also has HomeKit support as of like a new software update um and the mesh expandability like i don't need it now but it does mean if i move at some point and need it like it's expandable which is nice and even with the switch it's like 115 bucks total and the synology router i think costs like 200 dollars. so it's still cheaper and i i have set up two euros i set one up at my parents house and I set one up at my cousin's house and they were a breeze to set up because you don't care about their privacy no not at all <laughs> <laughs> this way dan can keep eyes on what they're doing just by asking exactly dan, it's all about me <laughs> all he has to do is is check his instagram ads. i'm the big brother go, what website are my family visiting <laughs> i well, honestly i can't think that the instagram ad situation is gonna be any worse than it already is <laughs> um but i yeah i don't know i mean like it, it, they're making a good product i you know to say what you will about their corporate overlords but like the the euro product itself is remarkably solid i've been very impressed with it and that's the reason I thought about getting it. But it, it doesn't, I won't say it doesn't make me hesitate a little bit. But like, again, if the, op, if the alternative is buying, you know, a router basically built by, you know, a networking gear company that is still stuck in like 1990s, where it's like, I got to go through a wizard to set the whole thing up. And then I have to manage certain like services and all that shit. Like, I don't know. Do I want to do an that actual anymore? wizard, an actual <laughs> fucking wizard? <laughs> Gandalf fucking shows up and is like, do you want TCP or UDP? I am the networking wizard. Choose wisely. <laughs> well, speaking of wizards, happy fifth anniversary to Magic Tavern. Uh, <laughs> Dan. Uh, Those plucky kids. I know you you shared some good words about Kensington a minute ago, but I, I, I before I forget, I also want to remind you and Moltz and our listeners that this episode of The Rebound is also brought to you by Indeed. When you start your hiring process, you might have a few questions. Are you going to get good applicants to choose from? How can you narrow down by education and experience? And how will you know you've made the right hire? Indeed is there to help. There are millions of great candidates who use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity. You can post a job in minutes and use screener questions to help you quickly create your shortlist of applicants. Plus, you can add a skills test to your job posts so you can be confident in your applicants' abilities. Their library of more than 50 skills tests range from industry-specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests critical thinking. 
I would ace that one. Indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and the confidence that you're making the right hire for your team. Post your job today at Indeed.com slash rebound and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's Indeed.com slash rebound. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. This offer is valid through March 31st, 2020. Our thanks to Indeed for their support of the rebound. That's Indeed. That's their new slogan. <laughs> indeed em indeed or, or bleed. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Indeed's what that you one need. Needs, that one needs to be workshopped. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> indeed for your feed. Um, yeah. <laughs> you can indeed from Lex oh Freed, man. Man. <laughs> man. Please stop. No, 90% the of the now. show is now ads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's us workshopping yeah, slogans. Uh, live on the air. Um, mm-hmm. gentlemen, are you RSS readers still? Yes. Yeah. And what do you use? Uh, a little app called Net Newswire. Okay, I was gonna um, ask on the on the Mac. On anyway. the Mac, not on iOS. Yeah. Well, I did download it, um, but I don't subscribe to a syncing service currently, and mm. I am pretty okay not having RSS access on my phone. So weird, but okay. My answers are as follows. You're weird. I I subscribe to Feedbin, which I use within NetNewsWire on the Mac, and I use Reader on iOS. It's possible I don't use I don't use the latest version of Reader, or it's possible yeah. I do. I honestly don't know. Yeah, the uh, there's um, a newer version that I think it didn't really update that much, so the older version I think still works pretty well. Um, I'm on Reader three. Yeah, I think 4. four is out. But I think that what happened was I looked at it and I didn't like the way it looks, so I was like, yeah, oh, I'm just gonna stay. Yeah. Um. But uh, I, I will look at NetNewsWire on iOS. You know, I used to keep my dock on my iPhone home screen. It used to be, um, for a long time, it included Reader. Uh, and at some point, I was like, I think like Moltz, I was like, I do most of that reading when I'm on my Mac. Yeah. And so I took it out. It's still on my home screen, but it's not in my dock. I also knew that NetNewsWire was coming, and I thought I should try to, because I, I did used to read a little bit on iOS, and then I thought, well, what if I just tried it, you know, try the mac version and see if i can be satisfied with just doing rss reading on the mac and it's been perfectly fine yeah my biggest thing that's holding me back and i was using a beta of the ios version for a while is that the ios version has feedly support for syncing which is what i use and the mac version does not yet have that um so i'm still on reader for the moment because i do read on all my devices and the syncing is Kind of important i mean i thought i can't mix and match but like i like a consistent experience for whatever reason i yeah. just like feeling like when i go to i'm not using like a totally different app um i like reader a lot it may take a little bit of time like i used to be a diehard net newswire person uh but when it you know eventually died i had to find yeah. somebody you know my heart was broken yeah. and i had to move on right. uh and now right. it's back it wants me back guys right. i don't know how i feel yeah, can I, I trust it again I, to me it's it's exactly it's exactly what i want um, I did use Reader for a long time while NetNewsWire was sort of defunct or minimally updated, and I, it was it was it was good. But uh, this is just what I prefer. Yeah, or at I, least what I'm used to. I saw a new version of Unread the other day, which is an iOS one, and I tried it, and I just it does not it doesn't work for me. It's just like my brain; it's not right for my brain. So it's a very nice app and I, I can understand the appeal if i were like starting out reading feeds today right like then it's got like a very yeah. non-cluttered approach and all that but like 
you know, more than a decade of reading stuff. And it's like, I kind of am set in my ways. Right. But like, I've been impressed with the work that Brent has done on the new net newswire. It looks great. Um, Brent, we want you to say Brent and team. Brent and team. Indeed. Uh, Indeed. What I, I miss for everything. (laughs) What I miss on net newswire Mac is, and what I, the reason I never got into reader on the Mac is I loved that I could have its own set of tabs in NetNewsWire originally, mm, mm-hmm. where I could just open up all my articles that I was going to read in greater detail in separate tabs in NetNewsWire and then go back to it when I felt like it. And losing that ability uh, stinks for me. I, it's still painful. So instead, I just send a bunch of stuff to Safari, but I don't need more things open in Safari. Right, right. So that's yeah, what I yeah. No, I, I've, I've been really impressed with what I've seen. And when they add the Feedly support of the Mac, which they have in their FAQ says is coming essentially in the next update, uh, I will definitely spend some more time trying to live in it. Um, You're saying it's Feedly or Need Me? (laughs) No, I don't think I said that. Did you hear me say that, John? No. I don't think so. I would not like you to hear you say that. I didn't. Moving right along. (laughs) (laughs) I saw a uh, patent report uh, about Apple building multi-screen devices. Although what was interesting about it was not, you know, obviously Apple doing that, but it was the uh, suggestion that they had patented a means to avoid the creasing in displays. Well, yeah, I mean, so not just multi-screen, but like, you know, when they f- folds out, it folds out to one screen, one larger screen. Right. And it, it said like right. it essentially uses some sort of technology to like proximity detect when another right. display is brought near and then like changes yeah. them and over. Then, and then magnets. <laughs> magnets fix everything. That's right. In this in this situation, they might. I don't know that. Yeah. yeah. So which seems like, you know, based on <laughs> what we've seen so far of folding smartphones the better way to go which the surface the next surface book duo thing that's supposed to be coming out in the fall is supposedly does something similar it has two screens that fold yeah to an edge you know those so the edges meet up and then you get one big screen right. so you still got like a bezel or a border between them though right yeah i think so I don't know. yeah maybe yeah i think with the with the with the apple patent you wouldn't no, it's hard to tell based on the because you just have the patent diagram. Yes, and it's kind of hard to tell from that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it seems clever. I think I, I wrote about this a little bit in my uh, MacWorld column last week because I feel like foldable displays. Like I know they get a lot of shit right now, and probably for the right reasons. But it feels like this is a technology that is super early in its development stages, and it's not. I it's not unfathomable for me to like imagine a device that does this just a whole lot better five yeah. five years from now right like right. Right. it's gonna get better like you know they've been teasing displays that are rollable or foldable for years and years and they're now actually existing in shipping products yes those shipping products are not very good <laughs> but that's how it starts right like somebody's got to come out with a lot of shitty ones before somebody comes out with a good one and yeah. I, I'm, I'm curious about the i don't know I think that once there's one that works with iOS and that I like, then of course I'll get it. But this doesn't feel like a thing that's bothering me. Like a foldable phone, the flip phone makes you slower. You have to flip it over. Right, right, right. You use but it. if you go from something that looks like essentially is not a flip phone so much as it's a single, like the one that had the display on the outside, right? right. And like you go from a small display device that can fit more comfortably in your pocket that could be expanded to a larger screen device when you want it. Like not going again, based on what you're seeing exactly today, but certainly the idea of having a small device in your pocket that expands to a larger screen when you take it out or when you want to expand it, 
I think that's very pro- attractive. <laughs> yeah, the problem for me, I know, is is that it's going to go from like already too large to super super too large. <laughs> it's not going to go from convenient and comfortable to turn uh, your, bigger. Turn your thirteen inch iPad into a twenty seven yeah, right. inch iMac. <laughs> I don't know. I like the idea. Like. Uh, yes, I understand that we all have different, you know, like you've got a ton of different devices for different use cases. That said, the idea of having a phone that could like fold out into a large display that you like pop down with a keyboard or something like, I don't know. I like the idea of having like a single device rather than four different devices and having to worry about keeping all of my data and all of my stuff in sync between all those devices. There is something elegant and attractive to that about me. To that yeah. about to, to yes, about to that about you about you <laughs> you are very attractive. There is something attractive about saying. me and elegant. I gotta and say. elegant, and it's indefinable. But it's about me. Let's be clear. <laughs> are, are, are we going to do a suit read now? Is that what we're no? We're going to do a read about me. This episode is brought to you by Dan. Hey, Dan, how's it going? Use promo code Rebound. Yeah, I, I I'm surprised. I would even say that Apple still isn't in the foldable keyboard space. Like they make the cases. Or the iPad, obviously, and there's third-party cases. But I used to love in college. I relied on. I had a, a handspring visor, and I had a foldable <laughs> yep. keyboard that folded up into about another size of a handspring visor thing. Do you remember those guys? <laughs> yep. And you could unfold the keyboard. It was a full-size keyboard that you stuck the handspring visor in until the point where it felt like it was going to break. And <laughs> but like then I could just type on it. It was great. But like I don't know. I if I had a device like that that could basically unfold to iPad size, I would want to be able to have a keyboard. That I could use it with, but I'm not going to take a full size keyboard and then a phone in my pocket. Like I need you, got, a you, got a, you got an unfoldable phone in one pocket and then an unfoldable <laughs> keyboard in the other right. pocket. It's got a, just I need a, a retractable keyboard. An saying. Apple <laughs> extended two in his back pocket. Uh, I mean, I had one of the like you know that that stupid uh, unfolding uh, keyboard. Bluetooth keyboard that yeah. I got molds to buy. Uh, exactly. Yeah, which was fine. That. I mean, for twenty bucks, <laughs> whatever. I used it for a while. It was fine. Um, but yeah, I mean. I'm curious to see what this new keyboard accessory looks like that they've been talking about for the new iPads that are supposedly coming out in March. Because I, you know, I really like the smart keyboard actually on my older iPad Pro. And the reason I like it is because it's very compact. It doesn't get in the way if I don't want to use it. Uh, And it's pretty decent for a keyboard. Um, And I like all of that aspect of it. And I'm worried that a newer one will be much bulkier and add a lot more weight to the point I will be like, why don't I just carry a lightweight laptop instead of my iPad? Um, And I'm not sure. Like, I I don't know. I I don't know how they manage to add the functionality they're talking about adding and keep it a reasonable size and weight. Yeah. I was hoping you could tell me how. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that i would instantly have an answer to your question well you know like yeah. just you know a verbal repost of some kind <laughs> it's foldable or oh no <laughs> no 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 that's not the answer that's never the answer i have never i have never been super they, they always talk about for a long time, there were people who kept saying that, oh, my God, we, you know, like you, you would have this phone and then you take it and dock it when you get to your you know place of work. And it would just automatically be like a, you know, like a computer. Yeah, I don't I've never really thought that that was something that I wanted. I've always rather have devices that were better designed for the use case that. You were using them for 
instead of trying to jam everything and and just make better cloud services. And frankly, at this point, it's pretty good. I mean, I, you know, like in the, the instance where we're, you know, in order to try not to use keyboards, so we have key, the keyboard noise on the podcast, I type show notes into my phone and I type them into oh, tot. Right. And then when I get upstairs, the show notes are on my Mac and I can type up the show notes, you know, get the links and Look everything. This guy and with his $20 note taking out. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> it's, and that works perfectly fine. There's no problem with that whatsoever. And I don't need to take my phone upstairs and unfold it and then be able to, you know, clicky type on my phone. It's hard to say because I feel like you're right that all the sort of technology for that right now feels underwhelming. But I can't, you know, I can't get rid of the idea that there the potential of something better being out there because you're right. It, we it, all agree there's nothing part. better, Dan. There's get used to it. Can we at least all agree that the people who leave the typing noises on on their iOS devices are criminals? Terrible, terrible people. Indeed. (laughs) Indeed. Can we all also agree that we should rename this podcast in the style of 9to5Mac, the talk show about rebound stuff? It's Morin or Borum. <laughs> I hate everything about this. <laughs> what happens with bolts? That's the real question. Nothing. Oh, uh, no. Come on. You sh- say bolts. Schmaltz. Uh, bolts. Um, Colts. Um, it's Moltz or our listener, Bolts. <laughs> Just the one listener. That's all we got. At this, at this point. In the- <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> we're winnowing them down slowly, but surely.